Hello and welcome to the next instalment of Noah's Archive, an English language podcast devoted entirely to pro wrestling Noah. I am going to start with the two big news stories coming out of Noah in the past few weeks, which have both happened within a day or so of each other. On the 29th of January 2019, Noah announced that the promotion had been sold to a new parent company, Ledette Entertainment, and this would mean that President Masayuki Uchida would resign on the 31st of January, with Yosuke Fuwa, who has worked for Noah, uh, taking over as president. Uchida will still remain involved in Noah. Um, in some way, um, because, it, because he's going to an advisory role with Ledette and he will still come backstage to, to the shows. So Ledette, um, they've bought 75% of Noah's stock and to give you a little background on them as a company, um, they mainly deal in entertainment and advertisement and they've also produced events such as the Chosu Power Hall Produces, Tokyo Gurintai, Poison Zero, and they've also produced work for DDT um, as well. Apparently, the negotiations for the sale of Noah went back to November 2018. They want to create a new age for Noah, and to do this, they feel that Noah needs to make a clean break with its past, uh, which is something that Kano, as, as everyone knows, has been shrieking about for the past year. And so in order to do this, what they've resolved to do, and it's somewhat controversial, is not to use the iconic green ring and change the company logo. They're going to reveal the new matte colour and the new logo at Noah's next show, which will be uh, the 10th of March in Yokohama, not the 30th of December, as Kaito Kiyomiya told everyone today at the Shinkiba fan meeting. Uh, March is also the time that they want to start the new Noah, as by then they will know who is staying and who is going, as the contract negotiations are happening in February. The other break with the past, and it's what are known as Japanese as Demisawa, um, is roughly translated um, in this, it means something like, you know, leaving behind, or maybe perhaps more aptly giving up. And it would be a tremendous mistake as classing this as any kind of word that means anti, as this is not uh, Ledet's intention. They don't hate Misawa or object to him in that way. Their intention regarding Misawa is that now Noah needs to come out from under his shadow and start making their own way without him. Marafuji perhaps put it best um, when he said in an interview during Noah's dark days that we've lived too long on the credits of our seniors and now there's nothing left. Misawa will always be in everyone's hearts and he created Noah. His memory will always be venerated, even now in the company if there are only about ten people that ever knew him and only three left over from the walkout from all Japan. The green map will come back for the memorial shows, and that'll be in June, um, and that will never change. Um, these will now take place in Tokyo and Osaka, but Lidette feels it's time now for his ghost to be laid to rest, and Noah start taking a new voyage without him. The Noah offices have moved to super trendy, expensive Ginza, and Kano, when he visited the office, and in between saying that the Noah staff looked nicer, even Mr. Okada, who was still wearing those fucking glasses, asked how much the rent was. Within three years, Ledette want to get Noah to second place and behind New Japan. It's going to be hard work for them, and the new president, Hiroyuki Suzuki, has warned that only those who are dedicated to this will remain. This is the fourth company now to have owned Noah. 
And as Marafuji hinted, this will be the last owner. Noah needs some stability now, which they haven't really had since 2009, with all the troubles and the ownership changes, the scandals, the death, the money worries and the fall from grace. The new owners have also instituted a policy of isolation while they sought out Noah's internal troubles, including its poor financial condition. Tragically, if Ledette cannot make Noah work, then this will be it for Noah. The Ark the Ark will most likely sink. As Marafuji said, this is the last one. How much more can there be? The news that came the next day, well, practically the next day, involved Kenta. After the Royal Rumble, it was noted that he changed his Twitter name from his WWE name back to his real name, and he had also put thank you. Uh, this immediately caused speculation, as some said it was because he'd probably quit the company, others because it was he was simply using his real name. Like some wrestlers, well, some wrestlers do, um, but really, Kent Kobayashi, the person, is not in the habit of spelling his real name romanized and in all menacing capital letters. News came later that he had indeed quit WWE, and that is really where all knowledge of what happened has stopped, as per terms of as per terms of his release. Um, it has been rumoured that WWE has only let him go because he said he'd be returning to Japan and he wouldn't be wrestling for any of the competitors, and especially not AEW. No one themselves haven't said anything about it. Uh, naturally they can't, because no one can. Um, obviously Kenda has his clause in his contract um, for 90 days, which prevents him from wrestling for another promotion, or I guess even speaking about future plans. Marafuji said that he didn't know what uh, Kenta's plans were, and contrary to popular belief, um, they are not and never have been close. Um, Marafuji said the closest thing they did was a tag team was for him to lend Kenta a CD, which Kenta has never returned. And outside of tour, they actually had no contact. Um, what he wanted was for him to go somewhere where he could be himself again. Takashi Sugiura blurted it out on Twitter to Kenta. So what are your plans for the future? And Daisuke Harada, who was in Kenta's No Mercy um, stable, photographed himself in his old No Mercy t-shirt, which he said he found and was wearing after a long time. So, despite all the rumours and speculation, Marafuji saying in an interview that Kenta will do what he wants and doesn't know what that thing will be, I don't personally think um, that Kenta will sign with Noah, but I would would be surprised if he didn't you know, come home for at least a few dates. His 90-day clause runs out at roughly the same time Noah starts Global Tag League 2019. So, with the two big uh, pieces of news aside, let's have a look to see what's been going on in Noah recently. Yoshiki Inamura is doing what is known as a seven-match series. What this will do is pit him against his seniors. The purpose of this, uh, despite the fact that obviously he's not going to win, um, is a, a multi-one. He showcases himself to the crowd, he learns from seniors he would not normally fight, and they in turn get the chance to assess him and advise him. Takashi Sugiura has reinstated the Dark Agents and recruited Yoshiki Inamura and Kinyo Okada into it for the fight against the hooligans. This goes back to the final night of navigation for future 2019, when 50 Funky Powers took on Maybach Taniguchi and Yuji Hino for the GHC heavyweight tag titles. Sugiura and other veterans came rushing to the ring uh, to keep the hooligans from interfering, allowing 50 Funky Powers to get the win. After the match, Sugiura got on the microphone and told them that since they no longer had a belt, there was no issue with him challenging him. Him challenging them, even. But there was a condition. 
If they lost, they disbanded. He then chose for his team, Masao Inoue, who he has lumped together as being on the same helpless level as the two rookies, Akitoshi Saito, and of course the aforementioned Okada and Inamura. Now, before I get started on the rest of the story, I will explain briefly who the Dark Agents were. The Dark Agents were a stable formed of Sugiura, Saito and Inoue, who were active from roughly 2004 to 2006. The late Bison Smith and the late Mike Orson were also members at some point. Their main goal was to wind up the Noah mid-card and bring out the anger and the fighting spirit in them. So, getting back to the story, Kasuma Sakimoto accepted Sugiura's challenge on behalf of the hooligans, but he had a condition of his own. If Sugiura's team loses, then Sugiura joins the hooligans. But he doesn't join as their equal, he joins as their slave. Kazma said that Sugiura would be made to lick his boots, do the guy's washing, carry Cody's bag and clean Maybach's back. And also clean their toilets. After Sugiura and what is being called the Sugiura army left the ring along with the hooligans, Sushi Kotoge bounced into view and started rambling on about making a title challenge. The very fact that he was part of a unit that had been attempting to rid themselves of their seniors was seemingly lost on him, as he started going on about they were his friends, but funnily enough, none of them actually wanted to team with him. But he had found a partner. Eddie Edwards, who appeared via the take video message to say he was going to revolution with Kotoge. Fans have named the team the Die Hard Revolution. Very sadly, on the 11th of February, Kotoge, after jiggling around on the apron, went to do the revolutionary cloak splash and injured his arm in the process. Uh, he said that as he touched it, he couldn't move it and a bolt of pain shot up. And it was evidence to the audience that something was wrong as Kotoge was grimacing. He'd also gone very pale and his head head was drooping. Uh, the head trainer came out from the back and examined him, um, both in the ring and after the match. Uh, subsequently, Noah hath withdrawn him from the, all their events and it's later been announced that he has actually dislocated his elbow and fractured a bone in his arm. Uh, Noah has not said how long he will be out for, but normally with injuries like this, it's probable that he won't be back until the summer and will most likely miss Global Tag League 2019 in April. It's up in the air right now as to what Noah will do about the title match, whether they will team Eddie Edwards with someone else or bring him back to team with Kotoge, obviously when Kotoge comes back from injury. The other route that they may take is pitting the mid-generation team of Goshiyosaki and Katsuhiko Nakajima against 50 Funky Powers, especially after the card change due to Kotoge's injury, which meant they destroyed the champions with Nakajima finding the whole episode hysterically funny, especially after choking out Quiet Storm with a sleeper. Namuchi Marufuji returned from injury on the 1st of February and challenged Kaito Kiyomiya for the GHC Heavyweight Championship. Marufuji looked a thousand times better uh, than he did when he was sidelined with a left shoulder contusion and a left thigh muscle rupture, both of which he opened up about in a recent interview with Weekly Pro. His shoulder, which he has had problems with anyway, having a degenerative condition in it, was exacerbated by the furiously busy year he had in 2018, but it couldn't take any more of the abuse his body was being put through by Hiroshima on the 12th of November. 
uh, but it was the muscle rupture in Yokohama on the 23rd which caused him to finally seek medical help. What had happened was that he said that he heard the sound of a click um, in his left thigh as the muscle from the back of his thigh to the base of his foot went as he did the trace kick. Then there were some other noises and then finally what he said sounded like a gunshot. His strength went and he put in a brave face as he stood in front of Kiyomiya to make the title challenge. And naturally, you know, nobody knew that there was anything wrong at all. So that evening, and yes, he's very stubborn, um, he went out with Takashi Sugiyura and Mohamed Yone, and although he was in a lot of pain, he could barely walk, he couldn't sit, um, his legs swelled up, he couldn't drink, he couldn't eat, he couldn't do anything. So he went back to Tokyo at 5am, taking a taxi, but he couldn't breathe because of the pain, and he said it was the first time he actually cried, and cried due to an injury. Back in Tokyo, and after being examined by the doctor, he was scolded by President Uchida when the test results came back, who asked him how he could have let it get so bad. Sadly, this is not the first time that his ignoring injuries has led to worse injuries. During the All Japan era, he dislocated one of his knees, and he taped it up. Um, instead of seeking medical help, he taped it up so thickly he couldn't actually bend it. And he wrestled the next day, and unfortunately for him it got worse during the match and Misawa put his foot down and told him that he was going to be having surgery and that's that's why he wears a knee brace. Um, he says that he has the All Japan spirit which means that he doesn't stop unless he's made to so it's sad that Misawa wasn't here this time to actually talk some sense into him. So while Marufuji was rehabbing uh, with the help of All Japan stroke Noah friend Makoto Hashi who works as a physiotherapist, Masakita Mia challenged for the title after Kiyomiya had beaten Kano. Now, the whole problem with the Kiyomiya vs Kitamiya title feud was not the matches. If anything, the title match um, was match of the year worthy. And while Kitamiya did his best to get anything out of Kiyomiya other than I will defend the title, it, it didn't have the same spark to it that Kino vs Kiyomiya did. Uh, Kiyomiya seemed to be far more relaxed and far more confident working with Kino, and it's true they have this um, natural chemistry between them, with Kino very much taking on an older brother role with Kiyomiya. But it wasn't for lack of trying on Kitamiya's part, it was just that Kiyomiya came across as so bland and seemingly scared that anyone other than Kino would think him rude. At the time of writing, um, Marafuji and Kiyomiya have had two pre-matches. In the first one, uh, Marafuji got knocked out of the ring by one of Kiyomiya's drop kicks, leaving Kiyomiya to wonder if he did it deliberately. And in the second one, Marafuji decided that now he admitted to himself that his body is older than I thought, he was going to turn to more brutal methods, and he did this by attacking Kiyomiya's left arm. In the post-match promo, Marafuji appeared when Kiyomiya was speaking and warned him that he was going to take him apart bit by bit, and the next part he was going to attack would be his leg. Kiyomiya said he was going to find the genius's weakness before his body fell apart. Kino, naturally, has waded in on this by saying that he will support Marafuji in his title challenge and will second him for the title match. Kino's reasons for this are that he wants to see the belt removed from Kiyomiya, who he has never forgiven from, for winning it, defending it against him, defeating Sugiura for it, and I think also partly worrying about the effect that having the belt is having on him and also, of course, because he wants to be the first person to challenge Marafuji for it. I can't see that Marafuji is going to accept uh, Kino as a second, but as both are stubborn as each other, no doubt will take any notice of what the other wants and just do it anyway. 
The title match will take place in Yokohama on the 10th of March, the day Noah leaves everything behind and sets out on a brand new voyage. In the junior division, Raytels have now pretty much split up. At the 1st of February at Korokun Hall, Yohei offered his hand to Hayata after the match, and much to the delight of Yohei, Hayata took it. But then again, Yohei is one of the people who Hayata will actually shake hands with. Yohei had previously refused to come back to Raytels when Harada asked him to come home after their title match, leaving fans wondering just what Hayata was going to do. To be honest, everybody knew that he was eventually going to go and side with Yohei. The two of them always have banded together. Even when Hayata fought Harada for the GHC Junior, Yohei sided with him, and the further speculation about what Hayata would do was deepened, especially when after he had shaken hands with Kotaro Suzuki and Yoshinari Ogawa. Hayata naturally has given no reason um, for this, and mercifully Yohei has not babbled anything about it, except to post on Twitter that he welcomed the wife home. I think part of the reason for the break with Raytels is that it looks likely that Harada and Tarosuke will be going into the heavyweight division at some point. Harada pointed at the GHC heavyweight and said that this was his final goal, and Tarosuke said that he felt a spark when fighting Keno and Kitamiya. Out of all of Raytel's, um, I think Tadasuke, given his size and his body shape, will have the least problems turning heavyweight in what is a notoriously harsh and very painful transition, especially for a cruiserweight who was not born with a natural heavyweight body. Yoshinari Ogawa and Kotaro Suzuki have challenged the backbreakers for the GHC Junior Heavyweight Tag Titles. It all came about after the backbreakers, Hashime Ohara and Hitoshi Kumano, were challenged for the titles in usual Ogawa Suzuki style, that is. What happened was that Suzuki told Kumano, basically, that he thought if, that if he thought the defence against Kuki Iwasaki and Kaisuke Ishii were hard, then he hadn't seen what they were going to do to them. Kumano, who has a fouler mouth than Kano and a shorter fuse than Kitamiya, took exception to this and told him to get lost, although not as politely as that, and then a fight broke out, which Ohara and Agawa, two seniors with more level heads, had to break up. And so while Kumano screamed obscenities as they left, Ohara has accepted their challenge, which will take place in Yokohama, on the twen- take place in Korokun Hall even, not Yokohama, turning into Kitamiya, Kiyomiya even, get his name right, on the 24th of February. Gotaro Suzuki hasn't been around too much on the current tour as he is a freelancer and he does have other commitments so has been pretty much Ogawa who's taken charge of things and so far the backbreakers haven't actually had much success um, especially since Ogawa went to golden era and threw a table at Komano knocking him out and then afterwards after he and Hayata had destroyed them he posed the belts. Minoru Tanaka made his challenge for the GHC Junior Heavyweight after Daisuke Harada had beaten Yohei for it. Tanaka came to the ring and, in true Hayata style, basically um, didn't say anything. Uh, unlike Hayata, Tanaka didn't even point, but Harada, Harada knew what he wanted. Minoru Tanaka will celebrate 25 years in wrestling and I think he may hold his own produce show to market. Uh, Noah marked it by presenting him with flowers, um, which is what High 69 did, and it was a complete surprise for, for Tadaka, and he was actually quite generally moved by it. And Toshiaki Kawada did the same at his Holy War volume for produce recently. Tanaka has had two requests for Noah. One is that the title match be held in Yokohama on March 10th, which has been granted, and the other he has not yet revealed.
On the 17th of March, Noah will return for one final time to Hakata Stalane. Hakata Stalane is a famous venue which has hosted pretty much every big promotion in Japan at uh, one time or another. The hall where they hold the events has been slowly whittled down over the years in terms of capacity um, due to structural building change. But now the old building, which dates back to the 1970s, is, is crumbling. Uh, the authorities have decided that they're not going to rebuild it as due to seismic activities and the subsequent damage caused to its structure, it's just going to be too expensive because its building methods are so obsolete the costs are going to be astronomical. Um, Hakata Stalin is not the only iconic venue to go. Very sadly, Defa Ariake, which was Noah's home and where three generations of wrestlers grew up, has also now been torn down. Whether it was the venue, the dojo, the old offices and the dormitories, it's now an empty lot, open to the elements and memories. Noah's history at Hakata Stalin is notable for the fallout after Misawa's death in June 2009. Uh, the night Misawa died in Hiroshima, Yonakiyama, the then GHC heavyweight champion, had collapsed in pain due to a back condition and was taken to hospital. Later he vacated the belts. The belts went to Go Shiozaki, who won them at Hakata Stalin. And what should have been a very happy occasion for him um, was, was harrowing. Um, it was inauspicious, as it was birthed in death, it was birthed in confusion, and the footage was horrible, as, you know, Shiozaki was traumatised by what had happened to him, um, with you know, in front of him with Misawa, who had been his tag partner, um, you know, belt in hand, he bowed to Misawa's flower altar, and then he sobbed, and he, as he sat down in the post-watch interview with his hands buried in his hair, and the belt on the table in front of him. So, to mark the final visit to the venue... Noah have announced that Naomichi Marafuji and Yoshinari Ogawa will have their first singles match in 14 years, and Goshiyazaki and Takashi Sugiyora will have a singles match also, which no doubt, knowing them, will be a very golden era's one. At the time of writing, at the time of speaking, at the time of this podcast, Noah have not announced a full card. So that's really it for this time, and I'll be back with another podcast at the end of Noah's short tour, and of course another smaller one um, on another Noah-related subject. If there is something you would like me to talk about, please let me know. You can find me on Twitter at hi5ame, or I run an unofficial English-language Noah news site. So, thank you for listening, and I will see you next time. This presentation has been brought to you by Noah Archive, the pro-wrestling Noah podcast.